This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. Welcome back, guys. I'm here with uh, the head of department for industrial design tech from um, Fernie Grove State High, Corey Geiskin. Thank you so much for coming on um, to the show um, and welcome. So can you um, elaborate on a little bit about what your role here at the school and maybe a little bit before that as well? Yeah, sure. Um, um, I thought, so my role here is head of the department of industrial as well as um, health design. So yep. the old home economics and the old manual arts, I guess, that's been rebranded over the period of the last 20 years yep. or so and um, so my I'm just doing an acting stint at the moment so it's, it's been a really fun journey the past or oh, nine months or so here yep. um, and my main uh, the main thing that, that the admin have wanted me being part of is bringing in more design and design type thinking um, with our staff yeah no that's great so previous to Fernie Grove um, how long have you been in um, the design education space Yep, cool. So, I mean, I started out as a cabinet maker and a trade so, yep. um, and went into teaching because my teachers made a bit of a difference and I was a bit shocked at uni about the design side of things. So, it was really cool to... I actually really shocked but loved it. Yeah. Um, instantly hooked. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of people creating their own things. I think that maybe that's a bit of my uh, right brain creative side of things that I, I love to tap into. And um, so, before uh, being here, I've, I've had a number of schools but I've just spent a, a long season at uh, another Northside high school and very involved in um, re-engineering Australia's competitions, the F1 and the 4x4 yeah, right. in schools competitions and uh, working with students doing a whole pile of um, competitions all around Australia and overseas and had some great successes with those and also uh, been involved with the NPDL project, so the New Pedagogies Deeper Learning and, and um, unpacking the creative styles and to being more of a facilitator rather than a director of, of my lessons. That's great. That's actually really impressive. So, you did you have an industrial design background in uh, at university? No, not at all. No. Right. So the only uni university course that I've done myself is the um, Bachelor of Technology Education, but, right? Um, through Griffith back yep. in the day when it was still there, and um, I, it was when I think back on it, it was a pretty progressive course and ahead of itself a fair bit in regards to the design stuff we're supposed to be doing now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, now that you mentioned a little bit about um, design thinking in the classroom and and the whole thing of teaching rather than facilitation, now this is actually something that re- it's close to my heart as well, um, where we're trying to teach teachers how to facilitate rather than teach, when it, yeah. especially when it comes to design. <laughs> Do you have any preferred teaching methods or any any techniques that you employ or even your teachers might employ? Yeah, I mean, as a trade background, I have to unteach myself. Um, the 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 skills of actual production and let go of those. So that's a, a challenge for me in the classroom all of the time. So as a head of department working with my staff who are all trade background, um, I also have to work on helping coach them. Yeah. So rather than being a manager as a hod, I'm trying to do more coaching, more mentoring, and helping them on how to be a facilitator in the classroom. And so that yeah. looks a lot more about having engaging and challenging tasks with student buy-in so that they come to my class actually ready to learn wanting to learn rather than me having to crack a whip 
and get them to do, you know, lock, step, A, B, C, D, E. Yeah, um, yeah. So my experience, I guess, in doing F1 in schools and 4x4 in schools where students are um, emailing me, wanting me in on a school holiday or a weekend or um, after schools and stuff like that, they're that keen, you know, they're meeting you at the, the door to your staff room at 7 in the morning. Wow. They're that engaged. So, um, and now I'm finding um, doing more facilitating, especially design style. Yeah. Um, teaching in my classroom I've got students wanting to be in today I had them before school and at lunchtime again because they're just really keen to to achieve their design goal and succeed at it so it's it's kind of exciting yep that's great to hear so do you think that's a result of allowing them to explore rather than giving specific clear like specific steps yeah rather than so is it do you think their engagement comes because they're not constrained yeah, I mean, there, there are constraints to, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, here at, at Ferning Grove, we're trying to do a bit of a middle road at the moment. So for my teachers who are still learning to come out of being very um, lockstep and into, you know, teaching each step and stage, you mm-hmm. know, if you think about Illustrator, uh, no, maybe maybe I go with Inventor, so they might teach them how to extrude and then cut a corner and, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe do a rotation or whatever. Um I'm trying to get them to have those teaching. So I've set up a series of videos um, yep. that, that can teach the student how to go through all of those and they're accessible for the students. But once they start doing their own designs, the teacher's more there to help problem solve and assist as they go through with their own design realisation. So yep. um, it's a bit in the middle. So um, And certainly... Um, the challenge is keeping it short enough that they're getting success, the students, that is, and the teachers as well. I think that's really important for us as teachers to yep. see success. Oh, definitely. Um, the students and the results they're getting and um, also having it deep enough. Um, so one of the things I'm working with our guys a little bit is the learning pit. We set them a challenge, um, but we don't build the bridge over the pit with all of the resources for the students. We've got to let them flounder in the bottom a little bit, and that's... Um, that lack of control in a classroom where all the kids are struggling and we don't yep. have the answers for them, yep. um, that's where it gets hard and that's where my teachers and myself at times need support to talk about it and yep. yeah, realise it's okay. And they do get out the other side. Um, it's wonderful watching students help each other get yep. out the other side as well as, as the teacher. Yep. Um, to give you an example, probably the best one I did um, at my last school, um, loved doing it and um, it was while we were under the NPDL framework then. Um, new pedagogies deeper learning and um, the task we set the students was to design a, um, a device to assist that could be human or um, animal wow. and the diversity of the way those students form their groups and the tasks we even had trouble like every student had to find their own task um, and then they did a pitch to, to get others to join them and then they had to look at the ethics of well who would we choose to yep. help because we found so many people to help and that's great it was really um, I was totally out of control I walked to that lesson going I don't know what I'm teaching today I really didn't and um, so as teachers myself have had to learn and, and I guess that's my role now is to help my teachers learn that being out of control is actually okay and um, the, the, the student process of learning and figuring that out. So yep. um, the biggest problem I found with that unit is the students at the end, when they had realised their um, projects and finished them, they were upset because they wanted to continue to solve it further for their clients. That's how engaged they got with it. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was just 
yeah, I mean, I had students in tears as they're pitching and students crying while they're listening to the pitches. And yeah, it was. So it became yeah, really their, their really, baby. Yeah, so yeah. when we talk about empathy, they had it in spades and, you know, they really were buying in. But it was challenging the whole way on how to continue to um, set up a classroom space where I'm allowing students to mm. have multifaceted ideas and with lots of different problems and also being able to resource that. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. Now, um, coming from that, like I'm so happy to hear that there were students that that much that had that much of empathy and and buy-in for that project. Did you find that the ideas that came out of their group work was things that you wouldn't have been able to guide? Do you think that flourished because of their group work and the way that they bought in? Um, I mean, if I if I was to guide. Depends on what we call guide. So traditionally, in let's say an industrial tech area, we would make a project. Mm -hmm. So it might be designing and making a car, for example. So um, no, I wouldn't have got those kind of results because I wouldn't have said, "Oh, you guys are going to make this and you're going to make this." And so they've actually gone out and found a real problem yep. and come back and talked about how they could solve it. So one group of students were trying really hard to figure out how the prosthetic finger they designed. Could interact with the phone and they were looking at and they'd done some research on YouTube and stuff to try and find um, a material that they could put on the end of the wow. finger to make that work and yeah they, they they figured out what the problem was but couldn't actually solve it in our timeline so that was you know um, interesting problems that they were unpacking yeah um, but I don't believe if you if you don't leave it open enough as your open task at the start, mm -hmm. they're not going to find those. But there's also this balance of teaching enough skill. Um, so these days it might not be hammering in a nail or cutting a piece of timber as the skill anymore. It might be, um, it could be a researching skill or it could be a software skill that they're needing to actually realize the solution. Yeah. to their problem, even VR, you know, all of those types of things. So I had a group of students using VR as one of their solutions to help wow. a, a young lady who has anxiety in going to public places. So they were designing all of these very busy spaces that sequentially got busier for her to try and That's... overcome her anxiety. So it was just like, yeah, really, I, I would never have set a task like that. That's brilliant. And, and it's really funny that you mentioned that because um, my cousin who's involved with the uh, UQ mental, I think she's in the mental health research. And um, this is one of the key pieces of research that's happening at UQ where they're um, working with um, people with social anxiety to be able to be in the comfort of their own home, put headsets on and actually slowly build up that routine to first go to the end of the street and then a little bit around the corner and then maybe a small shop then a shopping center so that's brilliant that's yeah. that's great and unless you unless you have have anybody that you know or a loved one or have dealt with it yourself it, it really is hard to empathize and i you know i i wouldn't have i wouldn't have thought it was an issue that big yeah. an issue you know yeah. um, until they unpacked it really well I mean, the challenge for teachers, and I guess for me now as a HOD, is one, finding resources yep. for my teachers that make, because, you know, uh, the teaching games got harder, not easier. Yep. So um, for me, it's a lot about um, how can I try and make it easier for them? So some resources and, and try to hit, keep saying it's okay to play, okay to experiment, okay to get it wrong yep. um, with our curriculum development, for want of a better word. But I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of... 
I have a number of staff who've you know they've they've been teaching for a long time. They've got a lot of expertise and a lot of experience. So mm-hmm. the hard part for them is continually changing. They're used to having something set in place and becoming an expert at teaching the content. Um, so the challenging paradigm shift is being an expert in facilitating mm-hmm. a diverse way of learning, and that's yes. that's taking. It's going to take time. Of course, of course. Yeah. Now, um, how are you? What are the steps you've taken to address that problem so far, do you think? Um, uh, at the moment, we're just changing um, our very bottom level. Um, so here, a lot of very traditional, um, not necessarily man arts, a bit of a mixture of design slash man arts mm-hmm. type curriculum here. So a little bit of design, but a lot is sort of um, what I call embellishment of a very traditional project. Mm-hmm. Um, so... My main area is to try and eventually get a design subject set up here, but it's hard for the students to select that if they've not experienced it. Mm-hmm. So we've gone all the way back to seven and eight, and we've rewritten the program and we're playing in that area. So there's yep. a group of us teachers experimenting yep. and having a go there. Now it is is designing a set thing, and uh, we're doing a lot of design in Inventor um, and using Illustrator to use the laser cutter and 3D printers to produce a calling it an alternate energy vehicle but that's awesome we've limited them to using rubber bands so effectively it's a, it's a rubber band race car but um yeah and we're seeing we're seeing mixed results across the five classes that are doing it at the moment um, yeah and the mixed has mostly got to do with um you know we run into problems with technology so we can that that gets always in a school technology is an issue whether the students have the technology or whether the technology is working so mm-hmm. um the inventor uh, licensing issues have really hit us this term right um, but also in the difference in teaching style so as I'm trying now to mentor and coach staff to, to be a facilitator in a classroom that's I'm, I'm starting to see is the main key for me and helping my staff teach it well is yeah yeah, yeah. that's actually one of the things that I um, like I mentioned before try to do with my students at QUT um, when it comes to especially the fourth years where they're at a point where they've got a lot of design skills and they're starting to build their own personality um, and design style whenever they're asking for feedback sometimes because of the education system that they've gone through they always revert back to can you just please tell me what what i need to do here (laughs) but the answer is yeah yeah, yeah. um or does this look good or do you think it works and i'm like well do you think it looks good because otherwise you're making a copy of what i think looks good and that's my design style not yours Mm -hmm. you might think this looks absolutely horrible i might think the same but i might think the opposite so it's always i think something that i've found is being aware as a teacher of what um what our biases are and where that line is and then being able to go no this is the student needs to figure this out himself and then allowing them to do that and then actually asking one or two questions so that it comes out of them and they can trigger or they can go and look at something and get inspired to find something so um that's the way i've been um, i've found that facilitation works rather than rather than teaching so that i'm very happy to hear that's happening here yeah. well we're early days yeah we're yeah. early days and um it is exciting and it's exciting to be part of um helping change that um i don't know if all my staff feel that way at the moment because they're you know the busyness end of year 12 we're tired it's turn four and we you know we run into computer problems so yep. you know it but i keep the big one is it's okay to get it wrong i even say that to my students you know um especially like, what if in it design. doesn't work what if, what if it doesn't work I said, i'm okay if it doesn't work and they're like what what do you mean 
it's okay that it doesn't work. Can you tell me why it didn't work? And Do what I you... fail if it yeah. doesn't work? No, they don't. That's it. And they know that. And they know that. So, our, you know, our, traditionally an A in our area might have been something that was beautifully presented, well painted mm-hmm. or well polished. And yep. no, it's about the idea and how they got there and what they might do next afterwards. That's really what I'm after. And so that's a bit of a paradigm shift for my teachers as well. Yep. It certainly is for our students here. Yep. Um, so um, I had a student ask me today, actually, she's got a very different design for her, her vehicle. And um, he said, what if it doesn't work? I said, it doesn't matter. And she's like, um, and so the, <laughs> she, 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 I took her back to what I call the five keys to design. So mm-hmm. I've, I've unpacked that from the design, um, syllabus for, mm-hmm. um, for next year. And, and, you know, the five keys being, um, oh, I'll see if I can remember. Here's a test. <laughs> so, you know, um, um, <laughs> here we go. Now I'm stumbling. So technical is one of them. What's another one? Um, aesthetics, mm-hmm. um, you got, uh, social, You've got, um, I think it's not environmental. Now I've got a mental blank. But yeah, the five keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll get off it so I stop embarrassing myself. No, that's all right. Day. But um, I said, which one of the five keys have you chosen as your focus mm-hmm. for your project? And so she said, oh, it's aesthetics. And I said, well, does it look good? Oh, I don't know. What do you think? I said, well, no, it's about what you think. Yeah. You're the designer. She says, yeah. And I says, so the fact that it doesn't work, how many stars did you give technical? Because that would be whether mm-hmm. it works or not, yeah? And she um, she says, oh, I actually only gave it a one star in my brief. I said, well, then it doesn't need to work, does it, to, mm. to fulfill your brief? So we, I try to tie it back to that mm-hmm. as well, what the student the student generated design brief yeah. is sort yeah. of, we're loosely playing with that at the moment and trying to, yeah, go yeah. from there. No, that's great. Um, and I'm, I remember you mentioning the, the big amounts of em- empathy that the students had and the buy-in with those design competitions. Yeah. Do you find that um, students, when they have some sort of a cause and empathizing with that end user, they then are one more attached to the project, they care about it more, and do you think the design process is more rich when they go through that? I, I definitely do. The biggest trick is getting buy-in in mm-hmm. any educational sense so yep. um if you have the students buying in and turning up I always know how successful my classes are by how many will turn up when i open it up early yeah that's always my key indicator that um I've, yeah um so the, by giving them the variety of being able to solve the task in different ways so i know we're not quite there with all of our curriculum yet mm-hmm. um but the more we develop um our ability to facilitate learning will open up those a bit more yeah um to get the the biggest hurdle i think is them actually learning some software and programs to be able to solve it so for me um in the current project that we're doing where they've got to learn some decent inventor skills to actually solve the problem we're actually doing they've got to do gear generators and make the gears actually sync and work yeah great so there's a little bit of thinking in that and then we yep. start to talk about one is to two ratios or one is to three ratios why you might do differences here so that's a bit of a, a mind bender for our eights and sevens yeah um but once they cross that mm-hmm. knowledge area and they actually start to have success in inventor that's the tipping point so i always talk to them about the tipping point you haven't yet reached the tipping point of i can do this yeah um so some take a bit longer than others with that. So it's almost hitting that um, glass ceiling. 
Yeah, that's a good description too, yeah. Yeah, yep. it's something that um, a couple of my mentors have always told me. It's it's a glass ceiling's a tricky thing because it, because it's glass, you can see through it, so you don't realize that you're stuck. So you almost have to have a level of self-awareness that there is something and then you're not moving forward. Yep. So it's um, I think as teachers, it's always trying to understand whether your student is at a glass ceiling and help them break through that. So that's great. That's great. Um, you mentioned some technological issues yep. and obviously the rapid change in technologies is obviously <laughs> a huge impact um, especially yep. in design with you know the ridiculous amount of softwares and 3d printing and laser cutting and cnc writing and now a vr and ar and all these things even recently i spoke to a teacher that um had the had the term mr confused with ar and um yep. so you know little misunderstandings like that that can potentially confuse a student so what um, what do you guys do here at Fernie Grove to s- tackle that technology change or stay, you know, ahead. stay ahead? Yes. <laughs> um, I have to say I'm, I'm, I feel very lucky to be here because the school's just had a massive renewal of our building and within that, um, the hold that I've been acting in place of, uh, Danielle bought in some really, really good equipment. So we've got a, a wonderful printer over there. It's an $80,000 printer that wow. is doing some crazy cool stuff. So with our 3D printed gearboxes, yep. they get done in one piece. Well, the Beautiful. Melt the wax out and they work. Um, but for the staff, that's been a big learning curve, how to use that piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of learning for our guys here. Um, so some of it is about making sure that we have enough in our budgets as schools of course to, to have that gear in there and then obviously admin want to know are you going to use it so as a head of the department the challenge is making sure that we can Prove show it. that we're using yep. the small amount of technology we've got so that we get the next stuff so we've mm-hmm. you know we've got some we've got some laser cutters we've got um, the, the really good 3D printer and some cheaper 3D printers for low fidelity yep. and we have a, a new CNC machine as well for um it's not a it's not a big furnishings top one. It's more of the enclosed Denford one for doing F1 cars, but it can also do all of the. Um, we've got a, f- a number of different setups that, inside of it for other options. But um, yep. Also, to go on with that, um, I know I did touch on it. We're we're showing a potential for more investment. So mm-hmm. uh, I know here at Fernie Grove that the boss loves it when we're playing with more technology and we'll mm-hmm. always support it um, mm-hmm. in fact we're just getting a brand new building built that's that awesome have all the stem hub stuff happening up in there as well so yeah um yeah i mean it's the big buzz at the moment so i think as industrial technologists specifically as teachers in that area there's a massive push for it so it's our chance in the sun to to actually get out and play and get a lot of resources and facilities and yep. equipment to go that next step that's and great I think, I think it's ours to grab and we're silly not to as faculties to be honest yeah you know playing with robotics the whole uh, it's, a, it's a massive field work becomes a playground VR, all of a sudden <laughs> you know drones all of that yep. yeah yep. yeah and so we're lucky we've got nearly nearly I, I don't know an emerging technology we don't have yet which is really cool that's here. awesome yeah um, but we don't know how to play with all of them yet there's just like too many of them at the moment so keeping ahead of it has a lot to do with us as teachers breathing enough to be able to do it and that's really hard yeah yeah no doubt in, in the middle of a thousand other things yeah. it's not just about that yeah. so yeah yep, yep. i feel your pain um have you had much experience in vr and ar in the classroom yet 
Um, I have a little bit myself personally, but as teachers, not yet. Um, okay. It's really exciting to see Tim having a chat with you about yep. um, doing some of that. We're looking to embed that into a project for Year 9. So we're starting to play with a bit of a Year 9 curriculum that flows yep. on from our Year 7, 8. And one of those will be where they're designing their own um, retreat uh, for a client. So, um, and looking to... VR that um, yeah, so great. I'm really excited how that one's going to pan out and it's good to see him getting keen I hope he you know sees it through it'll be you know, yep. it's exciting to see that but yep. um, yeah uh, making sure my budget has enough to yep. <laughs> to always be able to facilitate case. it yeah yep. yeah that's always a challenge too yeah and that's the thing. Um, it, it's unlike it's same as other technologies. It, it has to come to a point where these things will get more affordable. You know, um, ten years ago, I think actually not ten years, maybe about fifteen years ago, a small USB stick with two fifty six megabytes was almost a hundred bucks. Now they don't even make them. Now eight gigs is about four bucks or three bucks yeah. or something so it's it's the same with this technology as well like the fact that the oculus go has come out for a couple of hundred is a perfect indicator of that yeah. and it's so portable i mean we bought an oculus rift yeah it's you know you've got to have the big machine that drives it yeah and and cost thousands to do the machine and the rift yeah and it's so static it is um but the go is amazing they're just yeah 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 i'm looking forward to playing with them a bit ourselves no definitely and um, there are some schools that I've um, visited where one one year 10 kid had actually modeled the entire high school in Minecraft yep and he was so proud. We we did we did a design thinking uh, workshop with the students, and then right afterward, he's like, "Hey, mate, can you come and like check this out?" He gave me the um, head um, what do you call it? headset, put it on, and um, I went around actually shooting. There, there were sheep everywhere and I went around shooting and missed and destroyed a couple of his buildings but he's like that's fine I'll, that's fine I can rebuild it but yeah. the amount of thinking it was incredible and the head of department was just so happy apparently he had done most of this during his lunchtime mm. so all the other students were at lunchtime after this and he was there playing with this even more so it, it's really great to see them buying in when they've yeah. been given the chance as well so it's um it's, it's it's quite enriching as well like the happiness in their face and the the they almost like have a chest that's swell up with pride as well so that's that's really incredible yeah. i think one of the the tricks it's it's finding the balance of the length of a project mm-hmm. and i probably shouldn't even use the word project maybe I should use the word challenge mm-hmm. or um design challenge yeah design challenge because if you don't give it enough length mm-hmm. you don't get any depth yeah and the learn like they don't get stuck in the pit and have to figure out how to get out of it i think that's a really important part of the process yeah so, so in your experience how long do you think has been like an ideal one like just based on what you found one so ter- far uh, one almost a semester it's nearly a full yeah yeah um yeah it it, it really longer is better mm-hmm. um and i've heard arguments for otherwise but i just find so long as there's enough chunks in there mm-hmm. um, for them to, to get success along the way with a bit of scaffolding, to me, longer is better. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's my personal argument. Um, mm-hmm. I have seen some really good shorter ones of breaking down the elements of design. So you're learning the processes for, but I actually try to embed those as um, like checkpoints along the way where we might unpack those as we go through over yep. a couple of years if that makes sense so yep, that by yep. the time they get to year 10 they've got this mm. larger skill set but they know how to get the depth yeah i think without the depth we we really are missing it. and i don't know what that looks like at university i hope i'm on the right track <laughs> <laughs> well even at university um it's semester based so 
Um, usually the units until masters right now, I can't speak for UQ, but at QUT, um, the entire bachelor's is semesters. So six months per project, or I guess more like five, five months. And then, uh, then they move on to the next one. However, in masters now they're doing a whole project in the year. So, um, I think you're onto something in terms of the timing. Um, it, it, it is very aligned. So even when they then enter the university environment, it's going to feel at home because they're used to doing that length of period. Mm. And they have another four years or three years doing this similar sort of a time mm. period. So that's that's great. I think, like, I've heard a few people say, oh, our younger students don't have the patience. Um, they're not going to get the patience if we don't yep. go there. Um, I think if the task engaging enough, and that's the trick, um, they'll want to. To, to get in there and figure out the problem. Yep. Um, and we traditionally, I think, we have this um, predeposition to want to give the students lots of take-home items to promote our subject area. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, so we'll do, key, we'll do a five-minute keyring design, which is really just. Yep. It's not really design. It's draw a shape. I don't. That's primary school. We yep. draw a shape in primary school. Yeah. You know, grade one. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, so to draw a shape and then 3D print it, to me, it's not, it's not really design. Mm -hmm. um, to design a smart key ring that's 3D printed, that's design, sure. Mm -hmm. That's got mm -hmm. some really good integrated features, but that will take you much more than three or four weeks yep. learning how to do a pad in a pocket yep. in Venice. So, um, yeah, it's when you start getting multiple components and things working together. I, I love teamwork as well. I love when students work in groups because mm -hmm. then you have those students, like you just mentioned, the one that's really good with the VR and able yep. to draw this crazy. So I, I can think of a number of students in my past classes where there might be that nerdy kid, you just can't seem to get them to do anything. They don't seem interested. Yeah. Um, and, you know, might be failing mass, but all of a sudden you give them the, the inventor program and they just get it or they might get the VR. And the other students who might be really good at um, doing research and being, but they just can't get Inventor yeah, um, or VR type software. They've got this. They work together just so wonderfully well. So yep. Yeah, it's it's uh, group works really cool. <laughs> I'm very happy to hear that actually, and um, it's it's the same as in university. They 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 do struggle to um, coexist in group environments sometimes just because at a secondary level they might have not had enough experiences so um it's good that you're putting them in that environment at an at an early stage trying to yeah and so so at the moment here within our curriculum not a whole lot so, mm. so how i've how i've currently structured my class um i'm not sure what the other four teachers are doing it but i get them to work together mm -hmm. on solving some of those problems so i have a student helpline at the front of the room Yep. So I don't wait for hands to go up and go help them. I say, put your name up on the board yep. and I will work through the list. So I just go around and, and um, uh, like, a, like a, it's almost like under the Apple store, isn't it? But anyway, um, so I'll go, I'll go and help that person. But often I'll call out, you know, that person, like it might be Hannah and she'll be like, oh, no, I've solved it already. So yep. I get the cross her name up and we'll kind of cheer because there's one less person in the list. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> kind of really cool. Um, and my... They've started to learn. To start with, they would just sit there and wait till I got there. But after waiting 20 minutes, they realized, well, that was probably a waste of time, so I might actually try and figure it out. And so yep. about 50% of my students figure out the problem before I get there because they're helping each other. You should, um, you should if you want to improve the tech yeah. in your class, you I can actually do get them to do it. Yeah, do, <laughs> do it in Twitter. It's so cool, I should. Oh, Put up mate. a hashtag, you know, um, Corey, hashtag CG. 
you know, design tech or something yeah. and um, tell them to use the hashtag. They'll get right on it. Dude, I need you to show me. I don't hashtag <laughs> and I don't use Twitter. So I'll have to have a look at that. Right after that, I'll show you actually. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's, it's a challenge for me. Yeah, it's something that we yeah. sometimes do in our workshops just when it's too many people to manage yeah. questions. So we just go, yep, here, use the hashtag mm. and you can see it. So there you go. <laughs> nice. I love learning new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned um, that the the patience with the students and teaching them the patience is an important thing now this is something even university students are struggling with where with the new technology and and being able to have information you know at the palm of their hand and with a click of a finger or a swipe of a finger um it's hard for us to we find that even good students at first year would ask me questions like a week before the assignment or do we need elevations for that this was for an architectural assignment and now she's actually one of the top of the class students and i'm wondering going why would you ask me that and then she's like oh because i wasn't sure and i'm like okay good that you asked me the question but have you read the assignment sheet have you read the task sheet (laughs) it's two pages yeah and at the bottom of the second page there's a dot point that says floor plan elevation section yeah and she's like oh yeah, I get that all of the time with my design problems. Yeah. yeah. All of the time. They they would rather the easy answer. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that must be a challenge, right? So how do you actually, do you constantly tell them, you know, like, be patient, be patient, trust the process, or is there a different technique that you use? Um, with that one, I'll, I will say read the task sheet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, so like at the moment, one of the ones we're doing, um, we... Uh, in my year 10 design class, I'm, I've challenged them to low prototype a shell to fit on a, a rock crawler, which is the basic level for 4x4 in schools. Yep. It's such a good little project because it, it, it has to be a certain height, certain width, certain length, mm-hmm. and when you go across some rough terrain, it, the wheels can't hit the body, yep. and it must cover everything underneath. So it's just got some real simple specifications, but when you actually apply the geometry to a, yep. to a physical product... Um, the challenges come out for them three-dimensionally with their mm-hmm. prototyping. So I can see when the student brings it up to try it that it's wrong. And I'll go, it's wrong. Why is it wrong, sir? Well, that's for you to read in the task sheet. <laughs> but I can tell you it's wrong. So, because um, <laughs> I'm so, you know what it looks like when it's right. And yep. so it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it, it is for me patience mm. to keep reminding them that they need to figure it out. And so it's yep. funny because other students will then yell it out in the class yep. and they yep. actually feel a bit silly that they didn't know what it was. Um, so, um, yes, patience, but it's also patience for us as teachers, I think, in um, around, it's specifically around the area of we, we, that we teach better when we actually don't know all of the answers. That's a very interesting saying, actually. Um, if I go back to that um, engineered to assist unit that I did, I only got mm-hmm. to do it once, but it was with a bunch of year seven, uh, year eights and nines, and it was brilliant because every day they would ask me something I didn't know more than once. But because I could not give them the answer, they went elsewhere for answers. So I encouraged them to find experts. So some of them were talking to QUT, um, that the lady in there who designs Natalie Wright prosthetics, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that you know they, they went out and found these experts that gave them this depth of knowledge I never would have. Mm. So there's a I guess I let go of my fear of not knowing all the answers. Yep. Um, yep. And that's really, that, I think that's a really uh, that that uh, 
that, that to me is the biggest hurdle in regards to being a facilitator rather than the fount of all knowledge. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's true. Um, being able to admit when you don't have the answers and something similar happened with my fourth years as well. Um, I've been out of the architectural conventional uh, practice for quite quite a number of years now, so Revit's not my forte. That's why I don't go anywhere near it. That's why I don't train it. But um, but she, they said they showed me a couple of different things, and and they actually taught me something. And another student showed me about this new vent system that's there, and they had documented it in their construction set. And I asked them when I'm marking up their drawings, I asked them what that was, and he rattled off this description, and I'm like. All right, cool. Where'd you learn that? And he's like, oh, just at work. This this is apparently better than normal vents. Google did. He pulled up a screen and he's like, yep, this is it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's brilliant. That's that's great. And yeah. I'm like, there you go. You should run the class. Not anymore. <laughs> well, that's often what I'll say to a student. Uh, YouTube it. Yeah. But, um, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, in EQ schools, YouTube's blocked. Um, there's uh, a good reason for it because they would probably be just watching all of their streaming. Definitely. All of their subscriptions, sorry, rather than educational um, <laughs> YouTube, but um, often if I have a problem like that, that's my first product called Google or YouTube, and I'll yep. often the next lesson come back. So I, I want, might not know it that lesson, mm -hmm. but the next lesson I come back and go, well, I was asked this question. What do you guys think about this as an answer? Yep. And so I'll put it to the class for a, a conversation based on it. Yeah. So um, my classes also get used to me having those facilitator like larger group conversations around an issue a, a group or a student's experiencing yeah. in their design and I'll often do that if a student um, in my student helpline asks for a question I go you know what I've, I've, this is something that everybody should know and it's a new one because um, I'm nowhere near an inventor expert I say to yeah. them sevens and eights they'll be better than me by the time I finish this definitely um, and they are <laughs> they never <laughs> believe me but they always are and they always <laughs> laugh at me at the end of it but I'll, I'll often show them how to fix that problem that that student was doing and instantly mm -hmm. get another three names ripped off off the whiteboard. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah now that's it. That's that's um. It's very rare, and I love the fact that you're again facilitating the conversation and getting that group discussion going. It's very similar to you, uh, uh, tertiary level education. So that's that's perfect. That's great to hear. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the goal, right? <laughs> that is, that yeah. is, and it makes their transition actually much smoother yeah. rather than a disruptive one where they have to then figure things out again. Yeah. Um, so one of the last things I wanted to ask you was, design is obviously. It's becoming, or I've been told that it's becoming part of the very key 21st century learning skills. Sure is. Yeah. And especially design and the, the things that stem off that yep. um, and being able to understand it. And design used to be this thing where you're in a faculty, but in the corner, you're the man arts guys or the graphics guys. Yeah. You don't know anything about health or science. Um, the fact that now in the industry, design is literally the center point of health or law or business or anything. Um how do you see, or do you have any comments on how design is seen in those industries as well as how jobs that don't exist now that might in five years time, how design might play a role in that? Yeah, I think there's a number of, <laughs> it's a big question. It is. So, um, <laughs> there's a number, of, like our school's quite, still quite traditional. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't, we would still be considered that you know more and we have a we have a another problem that sits within that as well but we are still not considered central to all of that but we certainly have a a number of people that will so the stem program is going to start to unroll and then people are really going to see the value of, of what our faculty does in the area of design um, because you almost you cannot do stem without yep. having to design something so they'll start to see that design thinking 
and the ability to help that kick yep. in immensely. And if uh, we're not involved in STEM, we're crazy. Um, <laughs> we legit are because, you know, our numbers are going to dwindle and we won't have any jobs. But um, yep. the other challenge we really are faced is we still have to deal with the whole um, preparing students for industry as in trades and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. So mm-hmm. we've got that very distinct split when we hit you know, either year 10 or year 11. And um, so having teachers that can teach both those areas is actually probably my greatest challenge at the moment. Yeah. Um, so a trade teacher might just want to teach that type of um, style of teaching, and I get it. I understand why, and I totally, you know, respect them. They've got a lot mm-hmm. of skill in doing that, but also being able to teach design in the same faculty is, is quite a challenge. Um, and I'm not sure which way that's going to go at the moment, especially mm-hmm. with the training and preparing people. Yeah. Um, but I definitely can see having done a number of different design projects how much it does fit into just about any type of business out there Um, I don't think schools are yet holistically on board with the power of design and how that can fit into so many different teaching areas Um, so at the moment I am getting a lot of faculties coming and asking can we help with this Mm -hmm. Um, and even though my first response is, no, I'm too busy inside my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also very aware of that's actually a role we can play in the design and be able to help other faculties. Yeah. Um, you know, so to give you an example, the science faculty is currently working on, they're, gonna, they're getting the students to design a creature and they're making them out of clay. And I said, well, we could teach you guys how to actually make those way cooler than that. And mm-hmm. there's so many different options. And I've started talking to those teachers and they're like, oh, wow, that would be amazing because it makes it so much more real. Yeah. Um, so, you know, having a lot of those types of conversations. So I think it's growing. I think yeah. um, I think the, this next 10 years is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think the national curriculums um, help steer us to a strong design basis, um, but there is, of course, those very traditional skills for trade areas that we need to be very mindful of as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because we want smart people doing trades too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. That's, um, it's, it's very um, interesting. I met with, I was lucky enough to meet with the Google program director from Sydney and she did this STEM um, education system um, keynote at, at um, the Myriad conference that was earlier on this oh, year. Yeah. And um, one of the things was this and she rattled off a whole bunch of 21st century skills and they were nothing like the subject matters that we, we know, even myself oh, didn't absolutely. know. Um, the the 21st, century, 21st century skills where we're getting students to think for themselves is really, really challenging. Yeah. And if you, if you bring that across into all those other areas, the amount of technology that's now coming into those sectors where I mentioned the trades mm-hmm. is insane. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Those 21st century skills um, and being able to teach them well, I think we are front and center of that as well i sorry i mentioned stem lots but not 21st century skills but yeah. i just think they come hand in hand definitely yeah and we're similar to yourself at that staff level we are we've heard stories of um faculties collaborating together and they're starting to have that shift as well uh one of the example schools was um in the in the sunny coast their e-learning hod is actually now getting literally PE teachers, science teachers, math teachers, English teachers to come and actually go through the design thinking process and, and, and train themselves so that they understand that this is not just for design, this is actually a holistic way of thinking. It is, yeah. Across good. the board. No, that's really good. It is, yeah. 
not very true and it's it's a challenge so I'm probably not playing in the 21st century skills as much as I could be here yet mm -hmm. but I think as the stem ball starts to roll a bit quicker and a bit heavier here it's going to really come front and center but it's yeah it's happening intrinsically in our classrooms at the moment yeah 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 no that's great um i think we've reached our time so thank you so <laughs> much um for coming on board and and really insightful things i really love the fact that the, the there's a real effort being made for facilitation rather than teaching in here um at fernie grove and um yeah, I'm keen to see how things progress in the next yeah. couple of years. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for it. Pleasure, absolute pleasure. Thank you.